0: Welcome to this podcast episode of Narcissists in Divorce: The Narcissist Trap. I'm Dr. Supriya McKenna. I'm a former family doctor, but my life's true work is working with people who have fallen prey to narcissistic relationships of any kind, but I'm particularly busy in the area of divorce. Over the last few years, I've been very proud to become an Amazon best-selling author on the subject of narcissism, and my brand new book, Narcissists in Divorce: From Love-Locked to Leaving, is out right now on Amazon. That's the first book in the Narcissists in Divorce series. And the follow-on to that will be out in the spring. And that's called Narcissists in Divorce, From Leaving to Liberty. And please do note that although I use the word divorce, these books are equally applicable to anyone leaving a serious intimate relationship with a narcissist, whether they are married or not. I also have a book out called The Narcissist Trap the mind-bending pull of the great pretenders. And that book might be useful in helping the people around you who are supporting you to understand more about what happened to you and about narcissism generally. I'm also the co-author with British divorce lawyer Karen Walker of Narcissism and Family Law, a practitioner's guide. And between us, Karen and I have trained Thousands of family law professionals in narcissistic personality disorder, including judges, lawyers, mediators, and social workers. For further narcissism resources from me, please do visit thelifedoctor.org or drsapria.com, and that web address has the doctor fully spelt out. So, Karen. Given that we're seeing incredible delays at the moment in the court system and people are referring to it as a broken system, judges aren't having the time to read the information properly before they, they hold hearings, people are waiting months and months for hearings to come about, um, even years, even urgent applications, what do you think the future of, of the court system is? Do you think this is sustainable or is it going to collapse?
1: There are going to need to be some major changes if it's going to be sustainable um, because um, the system that was already riddled with delay has just become worse and worse. I think as a consequence of the rise in um, people who need to use the court service as a consequence of the abolition of public funding, the rise in litigants in person who inevitably need more court time than those who are represented. Um, The system really is in difficulty. And I think very often inadequate time is allocated to a court appointment. And what that then creates is a run of court hearings where there's insufficient time for the judge to properly read the papers, insufficient time for them to properly get to grips with the facts. And therefore, they can't really make proper substantive decisions. This is particularly the case in children proceedings. And the matter gets bounced down the road to the next hearing, which may then be months away. Mm. Um, And then the next judge possibly, again, has insufficient time to deal with matters. So he doesn't deal with things substantively. And because of the delay, again, particularly in children Act proceedings, you've got the situation where interim applications are made, perhaps for interim overnight contact or perhaps for interim contact on its own. And there's not enough time for the judge to deal with that properly. And so it's not, sometimes it's not dealt with at all. And that Mm. sort of has a spiral effect because you then have a high number of cases who are having quite ineffective hearings, um, but a lot of them. And they're so far apart that so much happens in the intervening period that the couple the parents are trying to cram all these issues into too short a space of time. And it just can't be dealt with because court time is very specifically allocated. Now, four years, um, the judiciary and the court service have been advocating that lawyers should endeavor to set up a parallel, um, if you like, the, the, the same sort of system as the private healthcare system. So a parallel mm-hmm. private um, mm-hmm. process. Um, which enables cases to be dealt with outside of the the state-run court system and within a similar but perhaps better constructed way of working. Now, the concerns about this are, first of all, certainly initially it was billed for being for the rich and famous, and absolutely that's a myth. There's an expectation that a private court service is actually more expensive and nothing could be more wrong. Although it's true that you would pay, let's say if you're in arbitration, you would pay the arbitrator. If you're in mediation, you're going to pay the mediator. Whereas court time or judicial time is not paid for.
0: So you don't pay for the judge in the normal court process? You don't. But if you had an arbitrator, that's a private judge, so you're paying them privately.
1: Exactly that. Right. But the big difference is the duration of the case, because in the court process, the case itself is going to take. Three or four times as long to be resolved, if not longer. And because matters attract a level of cost simply by being in existence, the legal fees for that duration are going to way exceed the cost that would be incurred in an arbitration situation, even though you're paying the arbitrator. I would say as a general rule of thumb, mm. an arbitration is going to cost between a third and two thirds of the cost of the same thing being done within the court process, even though within that cost, you're paying the arbitrator. Mm-hmm. So I think that highlights how how much less expensive mm-hmm. it is. Um, so the savings really are threefold. Um, you've got the, the cost saving, the time saving, and I think most importantly, the emotional saving. Because if you can have your life back on track more quickly, that's that you know, that you can't put a price on Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Um, but also, it's going to be less expensive. Um, so, without wishing to um, in any way malign the legal profession, surprisingly, only probably about up to twenty-five percent of family lawyers will have any kind of training, specific training in out-of-court dispute resolution. So. The, the majority will follow the usual pattern of let's see if we can negotiate, and if we can't, let's issue a court application and go down that road. And that's very much the standard way to deal with things. Um, mm-hmm. Hopefully, that's going to change because there is definitely a big sea change in getting matters into private forms of dispute resolution. The judiciary are starting to recognise that they do have the power to direct that matters should go out of the court process into some form of -of out-of-court dispute resolution.
0: But when you say that the judge can direct that the case moves into the private system, does that mean that it's an order? Can he or she make the the couple or the parties go into the private system or is it just a, a suggestion when you say a direction?
1: it enables the judge to direct within part three of the um, practice directions that this is the case which is suitable for out-of-court resolution. Um, If the couple decide not to do that, there could be cost consequences if they remain in the court sector, because the, the judge will want to know, having given that direction, why it hasn't been followed. And the importance of a direction is that if one is belligerent and says no I don't want to do that for no good reason and that that failure to look at that alternative results in delay or additional cost or or something happening within the process which has an impact then if the matter returns to the court process the judge can make cost orders as a consequence of the fact that the direction wasn't adhered to which I think is important
0: So in other words, if if a narcissistic individual said, no, I'm not doing it, I'm not going to follow the direction, and then the non-narcissistic spouse racks up more legal costs as a result of, a direct result of them refusing to to go through into the private system, then the non-narcissistic spouse might have costs awarded and their costs um, essentially paid by the narcissist. Is that what you're saying?
1: Some of them, it's always right. important to qualify. Um, it's very unlikely to get all of your costs paid in, in any situation, but you might get some contribution towards those costs due to the fact that you've been required to do something which is unreasonable um, and has mm-hmm. adversely affected the cost situation.
0: And presumably that would be at the discretion of the judge, That's so right. it's completely judge dependent to totally right? so. so whether that happens or yeah, not. Very much so. Because I think what I have sort of realised with the whole court process is that it's a bit of a lottery, really, um, in terms of what judge you get and how your outcome isn't um, necessarily what you think it's going to be. So it's quite dangerous in a way. It's a dangerous place to be if you don't have to be there, I would say.
1: Uh, a barrister, at um, I know, said to me a very long time ago that court is like rolling a dice with your eyes shut. Um, and there's a lot of truth in that. I think that one of the benefits of arbitration, mm. particularly... Is that you can choose your arbitrator and um, the selection process can involve the couple we've talked about this before on, a, on an earlier podcast what one might do is the, the two solicitors together would select let's say six possible arbitrators and then say to one of the parties that you reduce that down to three and then that the other makes the final choice so the solicitors are both happy with all six and the couple feel that they've participated it means that you know that you're going to have somebody who is totally dedicated to you. you know what what they're like as a as an adjudicator also very important to bear in mind that judges um historically some have had reputations for being pro wife some for being pro husband, some for having no family law background at all, um which can be a bit scary mm-hmm. um they 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 may, they may have learned mm-hmm. what they're supposed to do um. Following their appointment to the judiciary, but their practice background could have been in some completely different area of law. If you choose your arbitrator, you know who they are, what their background is, what their specialism is. So they've been particularly selected to deal with this particular case, which is a a huge benefit. Um, And you also know that they're going to be 100% dedicated to you. I think more importantly, you know that they're going to want repeat work. And so they absolutely don't want any reputation apart from the fact that they're diligent and fair because they're not going to be getting further work from anyone unless they're they're cultivating that sort of reputation. So the chances of of getting a skewed outcome, I think are very much less in arbitration because there's that huge desire on part of the arbitrators to be seen as being even-handed then taking an appropriate approach. So I think that's, an, that's another benefit. But I, I do really sense that we are on the cusp of a sea change. Um, out-of-court models have very much risen to the fore during lockdown. Hybrid mediation, which I do think is suitable for um, an narcissistic mm. situation, is, is really becoming prevalent. Um, arbitration is becoming used more and yeah. more. Yeah. Um, I think it's it's still something that lawyers who yeah. are not used to it are a bit nervous of because we all like to stick to the practice that we understand and the court process as it now is, has been around since 1996. And so it's it's something that is, is very familiar. But there's so much information out there for lawyers to educate themselves as to how to use these different mm-hmm. forms of process to their client's advantage. And also plenty of stuff for the public to to read and find online and i think that the more that separating spouses inform themselves about what's available mm. and actually tell their solicitor i don't want to be in court i understand that the court process is not a good place to be unless i have no choice what are the alternatives mm. so i would urge people um, to find out what they can and to ask what else is available and in a first meeting with their solicitor To find out what the options are and what each of them entail, particularly cost wise. And if they are being advised to go to court, to find out why that's the case. I think it's so important.
0: I think it's also really important to say, certainly for people who've been in relationships with narcissists, that they need to be quite firm, potentially, with their solicitor if if they do want to to pursue an out of court method of dispute resolution. Because some, as you said, 25% have the knowledge. You think regarding the full range of out of out of court dispute resolution options. These these are people who haven't had good boundaries and perhaps haven't been able to to be strong and to and to be forceful and to get their way. So I think it's quite important that they step out out of their comfort zone. If they if they're going to tell their solicitor um, that they really do want to look into this, they need to be quite firm. I think and it might not be something that that's easy for them to do. Um, so they need to be aware of that um, and also they need to make sure that their solicitor is educating themselves about which out-of-court resolution method might be suitable for them on their time, um, not on their client's time. Because I think that might also be an issue that people worry about, especially if the solicitor isn't familiar with with the newer methods, like the Certainty Project, which I know you invented. Would you say you invented it?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, with, with Well, I think that would be putting a little bit too high, but certainly with, with two other practitioners, Julian Bremner and Margaret Kelly, um, we, uh, we, we were given as, as part of a larger group, the three of us were given the obligation to come up with a, a form of practice that in effect combines mediation and arbitration. But the idea was um, that most couples want to either be helped to reach their own agreement or have a decision made for them. And that combines um, basically those two options in a very compact certain um, way hence the name um, and the necessity project website is now live and so if anybody that um, is interested in looking at how that works the information is readily available which I think is, is helpful. I do I agree with you completely I think that if you're um, separating from a narcissistic spouse you've taken that massive step to leave or to decide that you want to bring the marriage to the end and so you've you've really sort of raised your own self-esteem and your bravery. Um, I think take that with you into your meeting with your lawyer and don't be afraid to say that, you know, I want to understand what the options are and what's going to be best for me. Because court may be an unavoidable situation. Again, we've discussed that previously. But there are better ways of doing things and having an understanding of what will and won't work I don't think collaborative practice or classic mediation work very well where you've got an narcissistic personality. But hybrid mediation or the certainty project or arbitration um, can work extremely well. There's plenty mm-hmm. of information available on the internet about these forms of process. And I think it's worth doing your homework before you go to your first appointment with your lawyer so you know what you're talking about rather than going timidly and relying on what you're you're told to do be prepared to be challenging and not necessarily go down the route that is is handed to you And um, you know question why you're doing this um, mm-hmm. and what else might be available because i think it's really important
0: what about if you've already started down the Court process, can you go into the private system at any time, or are you sort of bound to continue within the court process once it's
1: started? Yeah. We'll be delighted if you want to adjourn um, or stay the court process to look at some form of out, out of court dispute resolution because it's one less case to be within the court environment. And you'll probably find that you can deal with out of court dispute resolution in the gaps between the, the various court hearings. You'll generally have between three to five six months gap in between each of your court hearings in between the the financial dispute resolution appointment and any final hearing that could be as long Mm. as nine months sometimes a year and so you've got plenty of time to look at alternatives and and then if you're able to resolve matters by agreement or you have arbitration then you can bring the court process to an end on that basis
0: If you're wondering whether your partner really is a narcissist, please do check out my online course, Is My Partner a Narcissist? Knowing for Sure. And if you want to understand narcissistic behaviours, you may be interested in my Demystifying the Narcissist online course. Both are available on drsapria.com. <laughs> What about things like if you've made um, a child application and you've had social workers involved or CAFCAS involved and you're going through that court process, but then you decide that you want to try and perhaps do arbitration or or hybrid mediation regarding the children. What happens then? Are the CAFCAS reports and the social workers reports, are they still something that you have to wait for?
1: or You'd almost certainly use an independent social worker in the context of the private um, sector because CAFCAS will not work within the private um, arena. they are part of the court the, the state service um, but any reports that are already available, um, there's no reason why they couldn't be brought into the private process as a disclosable document um, because of the same parties but you might then appoint your independent social worker now again bear in mind that the CAFCAS service is free whereas an independent social worker will come at a cost. But the benefits will be that they will be time dedicated to your particular case and they will be entirely at your disposal to deal with your particular issues. Independent social workers are not as plentiful as one might hope. I think it's going to become a growth area for people to take up as a, as a, a professional career. But at the moment, there aren't as many independent social workers as one might like, which is one of the difficulties. Um, But I think that's going to change.
0: Okay, so if you've already got reports, they can be used. What about in the hybrid mediation context? So say if you were going down the certainty um, project um, route and you were having hybrid mediation plus arbitration as a fail safe, so that if you couldn't agree everything in the mediation process, you could then get an arbitrator to make the final decisions on things that were outstanding. Is it relevant to have those reports for the mediation process or, or not?
1: Um, it, it might be, and it might not. Um, it depends if you if you really need the report. So again, if you've already got a section seven report, obviously that would be taken into the hybrid mediation process or the arbitration. But you might find that you can discuss the issues without the requirement for that. You might um, want to bring in a family consultant or a family coach to perhaps talk to parents. And even to meet with the children, look at the voice of the child within the the, um, process. Of course, don't forget that mediators are able to deal with direct consultation with children and therefore um, child-inclusive mediation is available so that the voice of the child can specifically be brought into the process. And in those circumstances, you might look at perhaps a different mediator speaking to the children because the children's meeting is confidential to them and they will only feed back to the the parents within the mediation process that which the children are happy to have fed back. And sometimes if it's the same mediator that's meeting with mum and dad as has met with the children and they're holding confidences on behalf of the children that they can't reveal to the parents, that can be a little bit difficult. Um, You have to very carefully compartmentalise your brain. And so, Bringing Mm. in um, somebody who will specifically meet with the children, who is another mediator rather than a social worker, can also be very useful in the mediation context.
0: So even with these complicated child proceedings, so with an independent social worker involved and possibly with a child mediator on top of that, as well as your hybrid mediator and potentially your arbitrator, is it still going to be cheaper? Do you think than going down the
1: court? Yes, that's what I was just going to say. I, I, I said I know with that list of professionals, it might sound goodness, but a lot of people, all of whom are being paid, but it, it, it's still cheaper. Would you believe? I would categorically say it's still cheaper, um, and it's cheaper because it's quicker and because it's more focused. Um, and and so it it's a real myth that the private route is more expensive. It's not. Where where the cost cut comes is really in the solicitor's fees, because the, the overall cost for the solicitor is going to be less. Um, and that's because they'll be spending less time on the case in, in simple terms. So yes, you've got the cost of the arbitrator, the mediator, possibly the independent social worker, possibly a family consultant. Um, and, of course, those are costs which, if you're using the court process, are not being incurred. But even with those additional costs, the fact that the longevity of the case is so concertina down, it's the, the, the fees incurred by the lawyers that will be reduced. Now, you might say, OK, so why would lawyers want to do themselves out of income? Well, as long as they've got enough work to do, they will charge on an hourly basis. So actually, they'll be dealing with, with a higher number of cases for a shorter period of time. And therefore, whilst the client's bills will be less, the lawyer's income should remain the same.
0: So you definitely encourage people down the private route as opposed to the... Um going through the court system definitely and you know when we started this conversation i was i asked you what the, you thought the future was going to be of the court system do you think it's actually going to survive
1: i think the british justice system is so integral to our society that i can't imagine that it would it would disappear altogether i can't i, I would have certainly hope that it doesn't my hope is that with the rise of out-of-court methods more and more cases that don't need to be in the court system will go into the private sector. And that's going to mean that the court system can do its job extremely well. It's a great service and the judiciaries do a fabulous job if they are allowed to do it. And if they have the facilities to do it, they're they're overwhelmed with work that shouldn't be in front of them. Mm. And if that can be moved somewhere else, they can then do an exceptional job on the cases that really need them. And then it's a win-win. Exactly,
0: yes. You likened it to sort of, uh, like the sort of NHS versus the private healthcare system. In terms of narcissists, of course, this is actually quite quite a good um, way forwards because narcissists are very keen on going private. Um, because it makes them feel special and important. They don't want to be with the riffraff. And so I think it's so important for solicitors to understand and also for the spouse of the narcissist to understand that this is the basis on which they can sell Mm. the private Mm. system Mm. to the narcissistic spouse. It's that grandiosity and that I'm special and that those feelings that are going to help them to convince the narcissist to actually go into that system but I also think that trying to sell it on the basis that it will take less time is probably not the way to go I mean I don't know Mm -hmm. what you think about that I mean we know that narcissists Mm -hmm. like to eke things out Mm -hmm. and they they want to cause delays because it means they keep their ex-spouse in play for longer to get narcissistic supply and they can cause more havoc and more drama and more you know there can be more conflict so if you're trying to sell it to a narcissist I would say don't sell it on the basis that it's going to take less time but do sell it on the basis that it's what's it, it's it's the private system and, and you deserve to go privately
1: and 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 the fact that it's also new so it not only is it private and special um but it's also very cutting edge it's the front end, it's it's the new way to go and I think all of those things are what are what a narcissist is going to find attractive I think you'd play down the fact that um it's it's quicker and less expensive because Actually, that might turn them away from that as an idea.
0: If you were representing a narcissist yourself and you'd worked out they were a narcissist, what would you say to them to, the, to convince mm-hmm. them to go down that route?
1: I'd be saying that you know your particular circumstances really do need to be looked at by somebody who's got an understanding and a clear understanding and a specialist approach to um, your case because it's complex or it's got um, particular factors which are unusual and that what we want to do is be able to pick our time so that we have our hearing on a date that's convenient to you because you don't want to be having to um, drop everything because the court allocates the date and it can be set to the convenience of your diary that we can choose the venue and we're going to have an individual who's specifically selected within a bespoke service that's entirely tailored to your circumstances and your case, that's so going to be completely um, designed to suit your particular circ- and your personal circumstances, which I think would be ideal. They like to feel special. Um, and that's really what you've got to play to, the specialness, the uniqueness of this. It's a very bespoke service. So each case is absolutely unique and tailor-made. Um, and that's what you need to play up.
0: They've got a very complicated case. And it needs a lot of a very high level individual to deal with it.
1: Yeah, and individual attention. Yeah, exactly. My brand new book,
0: Narcissists in Divorce From Love Locked to Leaving, is out now. For more information and online courses about narcissism, please
1: do check out my websites, thelifedoctor.org or drsapria.com.